Hey, I'm John from Two Dud Dads. Quick question, how much does it cost to get someone to look after your kids for an hour? Oh, and does it matter how many kids I'm dropping off there? Because there's my two, Josh and Gracie, and Boogie's little girl, Emilia. Anyway, bear it in mind when you listen to the show, and when you realise we're not responsible enough to be around our own children, you'll feel you want to make a donation to that cause. I'll leave it with you. Thanks. Oh, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Boogie and he's John Mellis and we are Two Dad Dads. Most weeks on this podcast, we have a proper laugh about being a dad, but today's show is going to be a bit different. It's not an easy listen, but it's an important one. And because of what's coming up, you might just change your life. This is episode five, when things go wrong in a pregnancy. So please stay with us. Hi, I'm Amelia and you're listening to my daddy on Two Dad Dads. Our uh, first guest this week is one of my old bosses in the radio business, Gary Muircroft. Uh, he was my boss at North Sound in Aberdeen and then again at Smooth Radio in Glasgow. And because he was my boss for so long, we're mates as well. At least I like to think so. Uh, over the course of that friendship, I've become aware that Gary and Mrs. Rachel were trying for a baby. And I guess I became aware initially because news kind of filtered out from time to time at work that a pregnancy had gone wrong. Gary, thanks for coming on and, and, and agreeing to chat about it. Take us back to the beginning. When did you and Rachel start trying for a baby? Well, we didn't, actually. Um, that, that was the oddest part. First and foremost, uh, we weren't even trying. We went to Blackpool for, for <laughs> a weekend. <laughs> Sorry. We went to Blackpool, weren't even trying, came back, and Rachel and I were living, I was living with my mum, and she was living with her mum and dad, because uh, my dad was in Copenhagen, and he wasn't well, so basically to to afford to to live and exist and go and visit him every week or every other week i was traveling back and forward to copenhagen so when we did get together and get a few days together it was it was good fun um so so i guess one of those and then we wouldn't see each other for for a, for, a, for sometimes a couple of weeks um just depending on 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 the trips to copenhagen and uh well she, i remember she came back uh to my mum's and she was both staying there and she said i'm pregnant and I was, and I was like, fantastic. We weren't really thinking about it. It all happened. Uh, Were you married then, at this point? Um, I'm not about to shout, sinner! <laughs> I'm just, just wondering where you were in John, terms of That's your such relationship. a 1980s question, John. <laughs> These days, it doesn't really matter. Okay, this is 2020. Now. I'm, I'm sorry, trying, Boogie. I can't, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think, would I have been, where would I have been at that point? Actually, we would have been married. We were married. Right. Um, if that makes a difference, John. Uh, <laughs> Not I, know really. I know you're an Indonesian boy. I'm a church going uh, boy, yeah. <laughs> um, aye, so we were, we were married. and <laughs> Call I, off the mob, John. <laughs> <laughs> and, I remember, and I remember we were um, a good bit in. We were about 12 weeks in, and we hadn't told really anybody. In fact, my dad knew, but he'd found out through my gran or something so it was really it was so locked down you know it was like um we didn't really want to talk about it just just because you don't at that stage and then we went along so my dad found out so everybody well not everybody but every, the immediate family kind of the immediate family kind of knew so then we went to a wedding it was 10 years ago just right. this year and basically what happened then it was rachel was 12 weeks down we're looking forward to parenthood and then she had a miscarriage at the wedding, which was oh. the most, yeah. Oh, so, 
Yeah, so it was quite a, it was a, it, I'll never forget that wedding for two reasons. One, we were late and we caught the I do just. And uh, secondly, we lost a baby. Yeah. So that, so that, that, that was, that was the, the, the first time we became pregnant. So then we kind of left it. We, we didn't really want to do any more for a bit. Can I ask you at this point, Gary, what, I, I never, I was really lucky that that never happened to me. I know, John, that did happen to you once. But how, how um, without being too graphic about it, what, what, what happened? Was there a certain thing that you think that, what, what was the, the moment where you thought this is, this is going wrong? Rachel went to the toilet and didn't come back. Uh, then all the kind of our friends that were there, um, female friends, uh, had a chat with her. And uh, that was it, really, to be honest. Yeah, and you just, you just knew it was not good news. You kind of hang on to the possibility that it's, but you kind of know. Uh, but do, do, you have to, do you have to go to a doctor or a hospital or do you, what's the actual process? Because it, it doesn't all come out uh, at that time, uh, you have to go to a uh, hospital. But actually, subsequently, Rachel has done that numerous times. So to kick up from that first time where she had to go and get checked out and stuff, which was horrific, she then had to go through it a few more times, actually, to, to go in to have it taken out. So you said you, you sort of put things on hold at that point because it was unexpected yeah. anyway um, and, and just sort of tried to get back into enjoying life, I guess. Yeah, and then we, um, every time we tried, John, we, it kind of would last for a short space of time. Never as long as the 12 weeks. That, that, was, the, that was the first time and the most horrendous. I mean, I don't, I don't like to say that we kind of got used to it, but we, our expectations weren't high when, when you get to miscarriage number five, maybe. How many did you have, Gary? Probably more than that, but there's some boogie that you just think, do you know what? We're not even going to count that. We're just not sure. You know, it was a, you get the pregnancy test and you're pregnant and then you wait for it to go belly up for about three weeks. And you get three weeks of dreaming is the only way I can describe it. You dream that this is the time that it's all going to go well. And it never ever did for us, uh, to be honest. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was tough going. Uh, but, do you know, it was, it was tough going for for me, but it was even more tough for Rachel because she was, it, we, we got checked out. So everything was okay as far as uh, my side. So that made it kind of worse. I kind of almost wished it was a bit of me. The guilt. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, I guess you felt really guilty about that, eh? Yeah, I mean, for everything I felt, she felt it a million times more because she was like, what is wrong with my body? And actually I got to the point where I was, I was, um, I was dreading the whole thing. You know, the whole, like, the whole thing, you know, like trying, it happening. And then you just, you just don't enjoy anything about it. it. It becomes more of, you're thinking more about picking, picking the person up at the other end. And that's the bit you, need, you really need to get good at. And that's the bit. Give me, a, give me an idea of the, the sort of amount of time passing. So you said five, maybe, maybe more failed pregnancies. Over what period of time? Uh, over probably seven, eight years. Right. Um, but particularly when we started trying, really trying and getting help and taking advice and it, it probably was maybe solid, about three and a half, four years, I would say. Tell me from 
from the, the guy's point of view, you said that whatever you had, Rachel was getting 10 times worse. But that I don't want that to belittle what you went through, Gary, because I'm going to guess you were heartbroken every time. Of course you were. Yeah. How did you cope and did you kind of bottle things up in a very guy kind of way? Do you know what I mean? I think I, I, think I did up until maybe last year, if I'm honest. And that was after time had moved on. You know, I think I think I'd bottled it up for for such a long time. It was maybe earlier this year or last late last year that it all kind of hit me. We we used to get the train home every night. Um, we didn't live together, but uh, Gary stayed in Stirling, and I was like, you know, Bridge of Allen, which is one stop on. And I, I remember a couple of things on the sort of journey home. One, I remember you saying to me one time. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. And I don't know, I, I have no idea where this came in, in terms of your pregnancies. He said, I don't want to jinx it, but Rachel's pregnant and we think it might be twins. And I was, I was elated for you. And, I, and I, at the same time, I was absolutely terrified. I mean, I used to go home and say to Lynn, Gary and, Gary and Rachel are pregnant and uh, it, it might be twins. And she'd look at me and it, it would just be stony-faced and we'd be like, we, we'd almost be it's like a knuckle, you know, white knuckle ride. And what it must have been like for you guys, I can't possibly begin to imagine, but it must be like that every single time. Yeah, we moved, we moved into, on, in, in those days, it was IVF we're, we're trying, John. Right, um, so you tried that. So we tried IVF, um, but it wasn't successful the first couple of times we tried it. Uh, it was converted into what they call an IUI, um, which is basically they just kind of help you along and put everything together. And, 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 and Rachel became pregnant every time. So the, what the problem for us, it wasn't the actual getting pregnant. It was either the quality of the egg or, or, or something else untoward was maybe going on, um, which, which made it a hundred times worse for, 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 for Rachel, you know, because... She, it was happening, and then, but I, I'll be honest. That, and in the end, when you've come through all that, even when they converted it into IUIs, I never, I mean, I never ever thought, you know, IVF was going to be something that was, that that was ever going to get to that stage, you know, because you need to have lots of follicles to have lots of eggs to have lots of chances. That's that, that's the best way to describe it. And when you've only got two follicles. Um, they won't do IVF on NHS, so they'll they'll they'll, um, they'll immediately put you onto an IUI, which um, doesn't hamper you on your on your on your free. Uh, what does that What does that stand for? IUI. I think I've probably blanked it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good but it's 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 just a it's just a similar thing to IVF. It's, 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 it's a, a bit. Yeah, you know, if people don't have too many issues, Biggie, what they do is they just give you a little bit of help. So they, they, they put it together. And, and normally, you know, you know if, you're, if, you're, if you're pretty healthy and stuff and the egg, the egg quality is good, it can all kind of happen. You know, it can all come together. In our case, though, it was because there weren't enough follicles or enough eggs. So they just kind of try and give the ones, the eggs that are possibly there, the best chance. I know that you, you, um, you tried... Uh, as often as possible to sort of give everything a chance. So at one point, I remember you going through like a, a massive fitness kick. I know you changed your diet. Was this like sort of doctor recommended? What what sort of things did you try? There's a couple of things we tried. There's a there's a drug called uh, DHA. Don't ask me what it stands for, Biggie. No idea. <laughs> but, but what I do know is um, 
it's not an expensive drug and you can get it from Canada and America. And, and the reason you can't get it here is because the clinical trials would cost too much to outweigh how much the actual drug costs. So we went to a specialist in Glasgow who told us to, because we're going to do it, we're going to do it private. To, to cut a long story short, we're going to just try and get, you know, you, you, you default to let's go for what you think is the best is the best. Anyway, the, doc, the, the doctor told us that, no, listen, the, the guys at Ninewells are brilliant. You know, they, they're, they're fantastic at what they do. Um, so, so stick with them, I guess. So he recommended the DHA, which is apparently something that can improve egg quality uh, in a woman. And so Rachel started taking that. When, you, when it comes to the diet, we came off alcohol. We started cycling like, like maniacs, I'll be honest. It's the, the best, uh, I think, we'd ever... We, we, you know, we just wanted to give every, every chance because we kept blaming ourselves. Is there something that we can do more? And then eventually we, 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 um, we went vegan, but we're vegetarian before that. And, uh, and we still are vegan, actually. That was the reason that people think, you know, when people meet me and they find out I'm vegan, the reason I was vegan wasn't, wasn't because of any other reason other than we're trying to have a baby. Yeah, um, yeah. And you got, you got an awful ribbing for going vegan as well. I, did. Remember, I remember I did. the guys. The guys at White used to say, "You'll always know a vegan because in the first couple of minutes they'll tell you." Them, they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Gary, Gary so, was that guy. Uh, Gary, I wanted to ask you about um, away from away from the pregnancies and the, the the home side and trying to get yourself fit for the baby and stuff. It must have had a hell of a toll on you in your in, in work and and if you you know you you said you kind of bottling things up a little bit maybe didn't speak to anybody about it. You had to go into work every day. You had to put on a face. I mean, you're working in a radio, in radio station. It's yeah. all very positive. You have to keep upbeat the whole time. I mean, that must have been awful when you were really down. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think people probably knew about it. Uh, particularly when you get into the, the IVF side of things and, and the, the IUIs or, or whatever, because you know, way you know, way a lot. You know, you've got you've got appointments in Dundee every week, so you're taking time off all the time. And I just felt that it was important that the guys I worked with kind of had an idea of what was going on, because you know, because <laughs> I guess when I'm being a bit of a maniac and going crazy about a link or not playing an ad break at the right time, um, I had a great excuse. I guess so it was like, give me a cut me a cut me a bit of slack, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think yeah. it, it was more for that. And I don't know, John, I think I, I think I, I, I might pretty much go on with it. I don't think... Would you have been able to tell, John? I mean, you work, you guys work together. So. Well, I'm trying to figure out today how long Gary and I actually work together. I mean, it's not been continuous, but it, it's it's been a good few years at North Sound. And, and more in Glasgow, we worked sort of four years laterally. And I think for me, going on the radio... Um, you got to put all your, your your baggage at the door sometimes, you know, because you, you can't go and say, oh, you know what, I've had a hell of a day. Um, we, we, we lost a baby yesterday. and Because the reality is that the, the harsh truth is people out there, whilst they might be interested, they don't want to hear that on a day-to-day basis because they switch you on so they can cheer up and hear a song. So maybe in a, in a weird sort of a way, it's actually quite handy to go to work because you've got to, you've got to mentally pack it away a little bit laterally um well gary gary would tell me you know we'd, he'd take me into an office and say look you know just so you know uh and and fill me in um and i i i do remember thinking god i know it's been a few now i, I didn't know until just now how many but i do remember thinking god has he has he hit rock bottom has he stopped was there a point in, in that journey where you thought that's yeah. it I'm, out. I'm done i can't i can't do it anymore i think that was my job really 
because Rachel never wanted to give up. And it was just the next time, the next time. And I was like, right. I, I don't think I, I mean, I was ready to give up, you know, more than anything else. I, I was like, I can't go through this anymore, you know, because it's, it is, it's, it's a dream. And then you think, what, what, what do, we, do we go through it? By the way, this happened maybe twice a year. So you're, you're like, and you just, and you build up to that. So it's not like, it, it's not like you just go in and it happens and then you find out the next week. It's, it's like, weeks and weeks you know of I mean particularly when you were trying so I guess when it became IUIs and IVF it was still um, so weeks and weeks of hope and, and, I, and, it's, and it's then it just goes 100% 100% so uh, I if I'm honest it's it, the, the important thing for me was getting this is yeah. this is where I, I don't know if you remember this I, I said to you at one point look and it must have been just after one of the miscarriages I said to you Gary being a dad is not about the nine months beforehand. It's about everything after that point. Um, and I was kind of uh, trying to think about maybe putting you down the road of, of fostering or, or adoption, yeah. because at least yeah. you would still be a dad, you know, and and, yeah. and that would have, that would have been a, a, not a solution to it, but I, I, I don't think it would have mattered after the point you had a baby. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I 100% don't, agree. I don't think it would have mattered so much. Obviously, I mean, you'd still grieve. And you'd still feel the pain of what's gone before. Um, we still think now about having lost a baby, but because we had Josh at the time, and because Gracie came next, it's easier to 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 live with. All right, okay, we're going to break here for a moment because I want to bring you our women's health expert and doula, Bex. Now, presumably, this type of thing is something that you've had to deal with as well, Bex. Oh, a lot. Uh, a lot of miscarriages, um, late stage terminations due to babies not being um, viable, I think they call it, which is an awful an awful thing. I've had um, uh, stillborns and, yeah, I've had it, unfortunately, and since I've had a range of very sad things happen in my career to other women, not to me, not to myself. Is it something that can happen from day one to to day whatever it is, where you know the day of the yes. birth? I mean, it, it can happen at any time, or or just after. Yeah, it can happen at any time. Is there a phase where it's more likely? Is it the earlier it is, the more likely it is, or or is it random? The stats are one in four pregnancies will end in miscarriage, which is not talked about at all, and it is devastating. One for in those four. Women. One in four. Um, it's between one in four and one in six, depending on where you are in the world. Um, so it happens a lot and we don't know about it. It's not something that people talk about. I think the impact for dads can be absolutely devastating if they really wanted a baby. And that is definitely not spoken about. Women will get a little bit more support and when and they can speak to their friends who have potentially had a miscarriage. Usually one of the things that you find is that women will talk to somebody and say that it's happened and the, the person they're talking to goes, oh, yeah, that's happened to me as well. It's, it's like this unknown sort of club that you enter that a lot of people have been through. But for dads particularly, I think that it is harder to speak to other people about it and about the devastation and loss. And I think that it's something that we really do need to talk about to make sure that that dads get access to support and help if they need it when something like that happens. When a mum miscarries, what's what's actually going on? I mean, could there be multiple reasons? What could they be? 
Yeah, a lot of the time it's unknown. Um, if it's early stage, so between b- before that sort of 12-week point, yeah. a lot of the times you don't know. So it can be just an abnormality in the cells. Sometimes it can be things like the body just rejects it. There's a lot of unknowns when it comes to it. When you're talking later stage things going wrong, that's usually something more critical in the baby's vital organs to be able to survive. It can happen at any time to anyone, but you're more likely in that early stage. But it's just, it doesn't happen that often after that sort of 13 week period, but it can happen. What advice would you say for any dads? Obviously they're they're gonna have to put their partner first initially, immediately, you know, um, her, her need is gonna be more immediate, isn't it? I think in terms of a partner, then yes, but I actually think that it, it really depends on the relationship. If you really wanted to, the dad really wanted a baby and the mum wasn't so plussed, then, uh, you know, I think it's down to each individual person and yes, you need to support the mum, absolutely, but I think yeah. you need, need to be met as well. Talking is the absolute best thing you can do. I mean, John, you, you mentioned you'd, you'd gone through it. I mean, when that happened with you, I mean, your first, because I know you and I know that your first thought would have been Lynn, make yeah. sure Lynn's okay. And Josh yeah. and Lynn and Josh, Lynn and Josh, Lynn and Josh, Lynn, 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 get, let's get Lynn back on target. Let's get her back into a happier place. Yeah. And then it hits you. Is that what happened? I think it kind of hit us both simultaneously. Oddly, maybe the other way around in, in that regard. So, Lynn was going through the physical side of it, which, which you know, I'm I'm not. I, at that yeah. point, I'm sitting beside her. I mean, I, I was, uh, without picking too big a picture, I mean, I, I was sitting on the floor beside her. And so I all I'm doing is thinking, what can I do? What And there, there's, there's no, I'm holding her hand and there's nothing. So for me, the grief of it is almost immediate, whereas Lynn is going through a situation where she has to actually concentrate on almost of what's going on because there's a, there's a physical element of what she is doing. Um, and she has to kind of stay in the moment longer than I do. So I, I kind of started grieving straight away. And then we switched after that moment, we switched. So then I'm doing sort of, when I say clean up duties, yeah, running about after Josh, running about yeah. after Josh, looking yeah. after Lynn, she's gone to bed, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And then I think after it in the in the, the interim, um, we probably just talked it through. I can't stress enough just how much having Josh made a difference because we we didn't even know this was coming. We didn't even consider it. Our first pregnancy had been so simple, if you like. Mm, straightforward. Uh, yeah. And straightforward. And then the worry came afterwards, you know, in, in between – um, that and, and Gracie. So Gracie was a bit, a lot more of a nervous pregnancy, having had this happen to us in, in between the two. Yeah. That's really common. It, it, you know, it, yeah. it, it all it all ended well. One of the things I was going to ask Bex is, um, if you are going to try again as a couple to have another yeah. baby, is there a, a you know a line in the sand that says, right, do not do this until X weeks, X months have passed? Um, they usually say, like, the recommendation is quite often to hop back on the horse. Like, so you can go and get pregnant again straight after because you're going to have the hormones already running in your body. So, but I think it definitely depends on the couple, how often they've tried, how hard it was to fall pregnant. Um, so it's got to be an individual choice on that. But but it's there's no, uh, there's no reason why you can't unless 
there's been something that the doctor actually says to you, you can't try for, so um, an ectopic pregnancy, for instance, you shouldn't be trying straight again. You need to, depending on how the ectopic pregnancy was um, cleaned up, um, it, it would depend on how quickly you can try and fall pregnant again. But for the most part, as long as you feel mentally okay, you can go. You can go. And, and is there, in, in your experience, Bex, is there anything that you can do differently um, the next time to limit the chances of it happening again. You know, it's maybe a crass way of putting it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like it's happened before. How do you minimize the risk next time? Is there, is there such a thing? No, there's no such thing. Unfortunately, um, like it, it is an individual thing. So it, a lot of the time, if you don't know why you've miscarried in the first place, then it's really hard to prevent it from happening a second time. The things that you can look at doing is cut down on the core heat. So doing lots of, if you're like a runner, for instance, and you're used to getting your body hot, like body pump and aerobics classes, that cycle classes, that kind of stuff, you might like to just slow that down or stop it for the first sort of 12 weeks. Looking at uh, alcohol consumption, coffee consumption, and general stress levels. The biggest problem that you have with pregnancy and getting pregnant and going into labour is that you want it so bad, your anxiety level goes up. And when you want it so bad and your anxiety goes up, you limits your ability to fall pregnant and keep the, it's really, it's really hard. So I will, and I know that I've got a bent towards it, but I will say, learn meditation. Like the best thing you can do is lower that cortisol level and your stress levels. So look, your stress hormones, and that will be the best thing that you can possibly do to try and have a successful outcome. Well, listen, we're going to put a couple of handy contacts into the, the show notes for uh, today's podcast. So if you've been impacted by anything that we've been talking about today, you can find some advice on the show notes or find us online. Just search for Two Dad Dads. All right. Thank you to Bex Ardula. And we've still got Gary Muircroft here. Gary, thank you for sticking around because we couldn't let you go. We heard all about your many miscarriages that sadly your, your, your wife and yourself went through. But we couldn't let you go without you telling us what happened in... 2018. Well, 2018, we went to Nine Wells one day, and rather than converting it into an IUI, the two senior uh, nurses and midwives decided that they were going to take a chance. They were going to. Um, they thought there was three follicles, two and a half. They weren't sure about the third, so they managed to convince the specialist into going with it. So we were in the next week with with no expectation really, other than. We'll see what happens. But for us, um, it was proper IVF, and we hadn't been there before, so it was, a, it was another step forward. So as it, as it happens, we're sitting in the bed, and, and Rachel goes in, and, and, and I just kind of sit there, um, along with guess, other, the other people going in and out of that kind of day ward. So the nurse came back. She probably shouldn't have done this, actually. She came back, and she went, there's four. <laughs> I'll never forget that. There's four. Right, and there's a, there's a woman next to me who'd just been told she'd 16, right? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, my God. So it's not a competition. <laughs> I know. I was like, I, na I naturally defaulted to it's four. So realistically, Rachel's going to come out of here. She's going to be delighted there's four, but it is that there are only four. So I didn't know at this point uh, how many eggs they got. They got. So it, it turns out they got two eggs. Um, and John, when you when you mentioned about the twins thing, they put the two eggs back in. 
to you know to, to see what how they get on. Okay. Now what happens? So what happens after that is they then they contact you every other day to let you know how they're getting on. So you wait for the phone to ring. By the way, all this time I'm getting in working with people like John. They're trying to get on with your day job, and you're waiting for that phone call from from Rachel. You can't just sit at home. We've already had so much time off. You know, I'd much rather be waiting for the call just in case. But obviously, ready to jump on the train back if it hadn't turned out. But anyway, I think maybe it was on the Wednesday. I think it kind of worked out. We got a phone call to say one of them had dropped off and wasn't as strong as the other. And I was like, right, okay, right, fine, okay. So that's that. And then you start to think, right, let's just get a reality check here. This, this is this for this to work, it is an absolute miracle. It has to be because you, I mean, the women next to us at sixteen, we had two, but as it happened, it just kept growing and kept growing. And then we um, we saw a heartbeat for the first time, which you guys will remember seeing. And for us, it was. Boogie, maybe you just went and you saw a heartbeat and you thought, this is amazing. But for us, it was, oh, my God. You know, because we've been there in the room and we've been shown that live scan and there's been no heartbeat. So to see it beating or flicker uh, was incredible. It was just incredible. But then you're always worried. It's, that's just a heartbeat. A lot can go wrong. It's very early days. And then you get the scan and you see the, your baby for the first time. And it's... it's and then you get a chance, <laughs> bizarrely, the, the, the one thing I've been waiting to do, and this is crazy, but was post that picture to social media when you've got the scan of the baby, because you've seen it. And, and, and Rachel came off Facebook for years just because people were getting pregnant around her and it just mm. wasn't healthy. And she saw loads of that stuff, so she came off. So we got a chance to then put our picture up. And a lot of that stuff you may remember, was, you probably don't, but it was driven by me and... Uh, tagging Rachel in hmm. because, because it, it just was because I was you know it was just the way we did it um, was Rachel was she not paranoid because you know that suggests that there's no reason for, for having a fear but she must have been frightened even just to, to move off the couch or, or in case yeah. something went wrong yeah no totally she didn't really do anything uh, in fact we both Kept, uh, kept, kept her away from doing anything strenuous or anything like that. You know, I know people go um, hill walking and... The bike ride stopped is what you're saying. Yeah, all that stopped. <laughs> um, and we just looked after her. And, and it just, every time, every, every scan... And we're, actually, we were just talking about this just the other night. Um, we're talking about how scary it was going into every scan because we had more than most. We had, we had, we had like several in between as well. And uh, but the elation after it was yeah. the best, uh, and then even even up to when when you're when you're given birth, you just I'll I'll be honest, I just didn't think it was going to happen. But then you get to the point where 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 you're ready to go, and Rachel had a lot of water and stuff, you know. So when the pregnancy wasn't easy either, um, but it happened. He came out. He took ages to cry, you know. It was but when he did, it was that magical moment. And what I would say is, you know, we were lucky. We were very lucky. And that's the one thing I, I cannot stress. People don't realize how difficult IVF is. I just thought you'd, you turn up, they help you out, you have a baby. Ah, it's a cocktail mixer. Well, you know, just, just chuck everything in, get yeah. a shake, yeah. off you go. Yeah. 
But it's um, it, it's uh, it's a miracle. It really Remind is. me never to come to use for a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but, <laughs> but the so end funny, that, result that is that um, April 2019, you had a son. We did, and he's he's growing and talking, and every moment gets better and better. You guys know that. People tell you, you know, you, they grow up too fast. But I don't know. I just love every bit it, when he does something different. And I'm just like, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy the whole and actually because I'm forty-seven, this is a lot later than I normally would have planned in having a baby. But actually it's kinda of, we've kinda of done everything now. We've kinda of done our holidays. So we're we're just loving it. It's great. Just yeah. trying to stay, stay alive long enough to see him, you know. And this this might sound like a, a, a daft question, but once he's born, um is he out of the woods in terms of his health or is there any any more risk to him than there would be to any other kid that had been born in a conventional kind of way? No, no, I wouldn't no? say so. Um, you, but you do, you do worry just like you do. And of course, yeah. You, I mean, that's that's one thing that they never tell you is that yeah. from that very second that they're born, that is the rest of your life is just worrying yeah. about them yeah. all the time. I used to think great. Would, <laughs> I, I used to think until 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 baby appeared, you know, great. Okay, so another couple of months, and you can stop worrying. And reality is. <laughs> That's just that's just that's no. just the start. Can Welcome I ask you to the rest of your life? Yeah, can I ask you, Gary, your baby boy? He's called Fox, right? Yes, yeah. Which is quite an unusual name. I mean, I don't know too many foxes. In fact, I think he's the only one that I know of. Where did you come up with the name? We liked the name. We noticed it was trending in America. It's got nothing to do with David Duchovny. So that was the rumor at work that Rachel used to fancy David Duchovny. <laughs> he does like David Duchovny. Who doesn't he? <laughs> um, but no, it's got nothing, it's got nothing to do with, with that, other than the fact that we actually really like the name. And, right. and and you know what? When he came out, it kind of fitted. So we're, we're, okay. we're, we're, we're give me happy. Give me just one second. Guys, I was wrong. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> just wanted to settle that. Listen, um, Gary, thank you so much for coming on um, and talking so openly and honestly about a horrific, horrific time in your life. Um, I mean, I've known you for a number of years, not as closely as, as John, but yeah, I, I had no idea. Never, you would never have known um, that you'd gone through that. So I think it's a credit to yourself and Rachel. So congratulations, buddy. One last thing, Gary. If there's someone else that's sitting, watching or listening to this and, and in the same boat as you were, pretty much, what's your advice for them? Uh, I mean, you need, you need an exit plan. I'll be honest, John. That we get lucky. We get lucky. We, we spent a long time doing it, but you do need to, and, and whether it's adoption or whether it's surrogacy, you need to have that in the back of your mind, probably. Uh, quicker than, than we did, I think. We're pretty strong as a couple, so it wasn't, a, but it could have broke us, I thought, you know, at some points. So I think as long as you, you've got to keep trying, I guess, to a point, but I, I think if Fox hadn't came that time, I don't think I had another line. of the sand, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. So, but I, I think it's important if anybody is listening to this and they are maybe like, I don't know, seven or eight or nine tries in or whatever, it can happen. I've seen. I've. I've listened to every podcast about IVF. I have. I've listened to everything. It can happen. So I guess there is. There's one chain of thought that says to me, "Don't give up hope," but the other part of me says, "Have some kind of alternative exit plan." I think you need it for your for your own health, mental health. Two dud dads.
So, a happy ending to that story, but you might be caught up in something similar right now. We have a load of useful resources and contacts in the show notes, and we hope you have as happy an outcome as Gary and Rachel with Little Fox, who's a wee darling, by the way. Don't take our word for it, though. Check out the video of Gary trying to make him our youngest voiceover star of the show. You'll get that on our website, twodaddads.com. Now, next week, the Dude Dads are back answering another dilemma, and... We have Splashdown! It's all about the big day when you're actually having a baby. If you can, rate and review our podcast and subscribe, and that way you'll get the next one for the big day on the day itself. Thanks for checking us out. Have a fab week.